0: Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name's Eddie Smith from Midwestern Marx. Got my hair in my eyes a bit here. We're going to be talking about um, Lenin's Imperialism, The Highest Stage of Capitalism, Chapter 2. If you haven't seen Chapter 1 yet, go check that out or read it or don't, just skip to Chapter 2. That's okay. Whatever. So Lenin's Chapter 2 is going to focus on the banks. So the banks play a big role in imperialism, according to Lenin. Um, They're going to play a role in creating uh the dominance of what lenin calls finance capital okay so we're continuing to talk about this transition from a sort of capitalism where free competition between capitalists exist into a monopoly stage of capitalism where capital is dominated by huge monopolists who are going to combine with the banks as we're going to see to create finance capital and finance capitalists are then going to battle with each other to divide up the world which is what's going to create all the imperialist wars, which is what Lenin argues is created World War One, and is going to create wars in the future, which, of course, he ended up being pretty right about that. So um, he says, the prince, uh, the primary function of banks is to be an intermediary, um, an intermediary for the making of money. So banks allow capital to remain active, right? So it's difficult, or it's easier when a capitalist can put his money in a bank to move it around. I mean, think about um, online banking, how easy it is. You can pay your bills or you can move capital around you're, you're not capital. You can move money around with the click of a button. Um, you can do the same with like Venmo and PayPal. So when you're talking about capitalists who own insane amounts of wealth, when all that wealth is in the banks and it can now flow freely, they're allowed to remain or keep that capital active, keep that capital investing and keep that capital expanding. Um, So banks are going to serve a huge role for capitalists um, and as production is starting to concentrate itself and capitalists are becoming monopolists who are more and more powerful, um, the banks are also going to concentrate themselves and the capitalists are going to use the huge sums of money and capital they have tied up in the banks to, to go abroad, to go around the world and do what Lenin calls imperialism. So the banks monopolize the same way that capital does until a small amount of institutions command and own the means of production and raw materials themselves. So the banks actually become capitalists themselves. They become tied in, tied together with industry. um, And they start to own, own sums of capital themselves. They start to own raw productions and materials as they concentrate at the top. So today you can, can conceptualize these enormous banks, right? Like Goldman Sachs. Uh, Lehman Brothers, JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and all these banks, they own capital themselves, right? They probably own your house. They own real estate. They, they have ways of making profit for themselves, constantly expanding the amount of money they have. Um, we see that these banks start to function the same way that monopoly capitalists function, the, the concept we spoke about in the last chapter. And also as monopoly capitalists are starting to work together with the banks um they start to form together themselves um as trusts right so you have people sitting on the board of banks um who own you know who own huge amounts of stock in in some form or another of industry so now you have industry tying itself together with the banks as the larger banks now begin to dominate smaller banks so you have you have these giant financial networks that are formed, you know, these boards that we call them, the boards of banks or the boards of, um, firms, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden got in a little trouble for sitting on the board of a Barisma firm, you know, t- folks like that, the, the, the ruling class, the bourgeoisie, the people who own, you know, the majority of stock, uh, they're sitting on the boards of banks, on the boards of multiple capitalist firms and, um, these ties are what Lenin calls finance capital, right? The ties between industry and the banking sector. And as they become tied closer together, they both concentrate themselves at the top. And of course we can see this in modern day, you know, huge with the huge financial institutions that we have like JP Morgan Chase, um, they have, huge amounts of capital themselves. And they have huge amounts of money that goes abroad. And then of course they're tied to the state department too. Like the treasurer, uh, Steven Mnuchin for the last four years was a Goldman Sachs executive. The majority of Obama's administration was Goldman Sachs executives. So you have the monopolization and the concentration of banking capital. You have it of industrial capital. And then you have that banking and industrial capital controlling the state. Um, And Lenin's also going to talk about how there's state monopolies, right? So you have these state banking uh, apparatuses like the Fed. And there's a really great quote that Lenin has on page 37 um, of my thing, of my uh, copy of the book. And uh, Bernie Sanders always says, you know, um, the capitalists today are in favor of rugged individualism for the poor and socialism for the rich, right? And it doesn't totally make sense because socialism means ownership of the means of production but what bernie means is when um when these capitalists want tax breaks or they want subsidies or they want just free money from the state they get it whenever they want and that's what bernie calls socialism for the rich whereas for the poor they tell you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps right you don't need handouts yet when you know elon musk Uh, during the coronavirus recession and Tesla got like a $40 million subsidy from the government and $6 trillion total have been, have been dumped into the stock market in the bailout during Corona. We know during the 2008 recession, Obama chose to bail out big industry and the big banks. Um, Some people thought he should only bail out one or the other, but of course, like Lenin's saying, we know that these things are tied together, right? He had to bail out um, the banks as well as as well as the big industry in order to keep the economy from completely imploding. So on page 37, Lenin says that, uh, socializing or ca- they social, um, federal monopolies or state monopolies, socialize the economy. So he says state monopoly in a capitalist society is nothing more than a means of increasing and guaranteeing the income of millionaires on the verge of bankruptcy. So he's saying state monopolies, these state run banks like the fed as long as we're in a capitalist society where the bourgeoisie controls how the state functions they're going to use the state and those state monopolies to simply bail themselves out anytime they're approaching bankruptcy because as we know capitalism crashes every 8 to 12 years and and what lenin said has has come completely true of course anytime these large institutions whether they be financial institutions or industrial capital like the um the housing market in 2008, and uh, the uh, I believe the auto companies were bailed out as well. Um, I paid closer attention to this recession. I was pretty young in 2008, so everything I learned has been secondhand. But um, but we know that the Fed bails out um, large industry and the banking sector when they're about to go under, just as Lenin predicted. And then one last point that I think is really important to make is Lenin and uh, many of the bourgeois scholars who Lenin quotes. Talk about how finance capital now dominates the stock market so again returning to this concept of transitioning from a capitalism with free competition into a monopoly capitalism under the capitalism with free competition uh, the stock exchange works a lot better right because there's uh, you know everyone has about the same amount Um, anyone can invest in the stock market right or not anyone but anyone with enough money you know you have more free competition amongst smaller capitalists But once this finance capital starts to be formed, once you have the monopolization of bank power and the monopolization of industrial power uh, into finance capital, that finance capital now uh, dominates the stock exchange. So I believe the stats in the U.S. or maybe this is globally, but I think it's in the U.S. the top 10 percent own something like 90 percent of the stock exchange and the bottom. 50 percent owns like less than one percentage point of the stock market so i mean that tells you everything the middle class has maybe a little bit of stock you know for their 401ks or their retirement or whatever but the vast majority of the stock exchange is dominated by finance capital it's dominated by wall street speculators monopoly capitalists people like warren buffett jeff bezos Um, Elon Musk people who you've been told your whole life are just genius entrepreneurs who work really hard what they actually have is they own a bunch of industry a bunch of capital they have connections to the banking industry and they have hedge fund managers who just buy stock all day for them like we said banks and the stock exchange make it extremely easy for people with large sums of capital to move their capital around to keep it moving so Bezos Buffett Bill Gates, all these people have teams of investors who look at the stock market for them called hedge fund managers, and they make sure that their, that their stocks are continually being active and continually making money. And <clears throat> Lennon is also going to argue that this allows it to go abroad, right? Because capitalism is not a, a, uh, um local phenomenon right it's not a country based phenomenon it is a global phenomenon so once you have these global financial institutions and this capital that's constantly active Part of that capital being constantly active means it's going to go overseas, right? So the Koch brothers oil capital is going to go overseas into Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, the, the big pharmaceutical companies capital wants to grow opium for cheap in Afghanistan. So they're going to use their connections with the U S military to have the military occupy Afghanistan. And there's no way to understand imperialism unless you understand that's right. Unless you understand that finance capital, that big banks and big industry control the state and and they control they control the stock market and their capital is constantly active due to the banks they're they are get that capital is given the ability to be constantly active and go abroad because of the banks and the monopolized banks and then it's going to go abroad which is how you're going to see regime change in so many countries and you're going to see wars and anytime a country tries to nationalize their resources or block their resources off from these monopolies um those monopolies are going to use Everything in their power to destroy the governments who are trying to block off their capital. So that's chapter two of Lenin's imperialism. Imperialism, voice <laughs> I'm Craig. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, whether you're reading it along, reading along with me or not, I hope you're enjoying the book. I believe this is one of the most important books. I think Lenin's model for understanding imperialism is extremely scientific it goes to the economic base of society and tries to find out what's happening and i think it's vitally important especially now when you know imperialism is so rampant and the finance capital of the u.s dominates the world and now the finance capital of china is starting to fight back against the u.s and look to look to control more of the world so thank you for watching everyone uh, peace out like comment subscribe subscribe much love